If you're in season and you're listening to this, is just make sure every time you're warming up, typically typically there's going to be some movement mechanics in there. So focus on quality, making sure that your your foot is connected with the ground. You're either trying to work on changing laterally or you're working and putting force into the ground that way or putting the force straight underneath you for your sprinting mechanics. Hello and welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Each week I host live Q&As where I present on a topic to help footballers and strength and conditioning coaches with practical knowledge. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel to receive a notification and never miss a live podcast. If you're a returning podcast listener and you love the show, please show support by rating the show. It goes a long way into helping us reach more listeners. Let's get into today's episode. Make sure to stick around to the very end as I provide a free AFL workout and power tip designed to give you confidence and an insight into what it takes to play AFL. Let's go. And welcome to this weekly update. I'll be discussing everything you need to know when it comes to how to rehabilitate AFL athletes, as well as those that want to prolong their career and play a long career as many games as possible and mitigate injury, also commonly used as prevent injuries. Now, we can't prevent all injuries with a chaotic game like Australian Rules Football, Obviously, there's contact involved. You get yourself into um, challenging positions on the field that are out of your control. However, where we do have some strong confidence in with the research as well as how to apply effective methods is things like your soft tissue injuries and overload injuries. Um, and that, and then by putting in these practices early on and getting into a good habit early on in your career, you're giving yourself your best chance to play as many games as possible and perform at a high level and enjoy uh, your journey, which can be up and down, particularly the downs when you're injured. So we want to try and uh, mitigate as many injuries as possible, of course. If you're tuning in on TikTok, feel free to hit me up with a few questions and I'll make sure to answer all your questions, but we'll get straight into it. First one's really important for Australian rules football is efficient and quality movement patterns. As we know, you're going to cover anywhere between 10 to 14 Ks uh, a game uh, and over a season when you're playing 20 to 24 games of Australian rules football, uh, depending on what level you're playing, uh, that's a lot of Ks in the legs, uh, not of just straight line running, but a lot of change of direction, sprinting at high speeds, um, jumping, landing, getting hit, getting back up off the ground. So with all of that, we want to make sure that we've, we've got quality, sound movement mechanics you're putting force into the ground in the right direction. Your body has got good connection from your ankle, knee, and hip. Everything's working, connected, and firing um, as one unit rather than overloading um, certain areas by uh, overusing. Perhaps maybe you're, you're extending and flexing through your knee a lot more and your hip isn't taking as much of the, the load. So we want to make sure that everything's working well in synergy uh, and efficient quality movement coordination is uh, number one. <clears throat> so before you work on how heavy you can lift and how fast you can sprint, make sure you're putting lots of time and energy, especially at a younger age, in developing really sound movement mechanics. And one of the best ways uh, I've found um, that you can do that is by doing your off-season with, in a, with a track and field coach uh, or in, with a track and field environment where you're running with highly skilled movers from a running point of view and that you'll absorb um, just by simply running with really efficient movements you'll absorb how they move by seeing them 
um, both moving in a um, high speed fashion, acceleration fashion. And then for your uh, agility point of view, playing some different sports in the off season can be helpful. Things like touch rugby, <clears throat> anything where you're using evasive work um, and, you, and you can really work on work on your uh, change of direction. So things like AFL nines can be really good. Um, any different type of sports that you can do in the off season, even just some pickup soccer games or basketball games to work on that lateral movement. What you can do as well if you're in season and you're listening to this is just make sure every time you're warming up, typically typically there's going to be some movement mechanics in there. So focus on quality, making sure that your your foot is connected with the ground. You're either trying to work on changing laterally or you're working and putting force into the ground that way or putting the force straight underneath you for your sprinting mechanics. Uh, and of course, if you're working on your acceleration, you're putting the force straight down and behind and pu- pu- pulling behind you. So make of those big three acceleration, speed, and change of direction, every warm up you should be focusing on those three and making your movement cakes more efficient. If you're working with a coach, they'll be giving you feedback or refining your quality of movement. Um, like our AFL strength conditioning coaches, that can be a great place to start if you haven't got a coach in your corner. Uh, and we use a lot of video feedback in that so you can see exactly. Um, what we're seeing and we can talk you through some areas that you can improve to help your coordination help your timing and like i said have the whole body working as one so efficiently quality movements number one if you want to mitigate injuries and if you're in rehab we want to we put a, a premium focus on that and then the next part and this is i had recent catch up with the legend dean benton who's an expert when it comes to high performance training um, in the track and field and rugby circles um, but he also has a great outstanding in australian rules football so it was great to be able to speak about um, the sport and and where he sees it going and how important it is to maintain um, elastic uh, qualities, particularly, and I loved how he put it, you don't want your older athletes dying a slow death. So if you're above the age of 30 and you're listening to this and you want to prolong your career and, and every year, especially for professional, you're adding, you're maximizing how much um, money you can make on the sport, but also how much you can enjoy the sport. Typically, your strength and your aerobic capacity is going to um, be easier to maintain because you've got a lot of pre-seasons and a lot of chronic load. Um, basically, you've been working in the system for a long time, well over 10 years, so you're well-conditioned in strength and from a conditioning point of view. Uh, but um, Therefore, we can reduce your volume to look after your joints, but we don't want to reduce the amount of elastic work you're doing, i.e. plyometrics. And that was something that catching up with DB, uh, Dean, he, he spoke about really highly how important that is. And those that move really soundly from an elastic point of view, things like forward bound hops, for example, uh, they've got really good mechanics, really good timing, really good coordination and good power, typically don't get injured and maximize how long they can play. And that's something he's seen anecdotally as well as the research shows that that you can maintain your strength well uh, as you get older. Uh, However, if you don't get regular exposure to high intensity plyometric training, you really lose that speed and that elastic quality. So put a premium on if you're young, developing really good quality plyometric jumping um, uh, technique and timing. And if you're older, make sure you don't let go of those qualities by getting continual exposure to that both in-season, off-season and pre-season uh, so you can maximize your performance, which will also reduce your likelihood of injury um, by being quality in that area. So reactive strength, uh, elasticity, really, really important. Um, make sure you're, you're getting well exposed to that. In fact, our strength and power program, our online program, which we have a 14-day trial, you can click that link in our Instagram bio. We give you access to our plyometric series. Uh, and for those academy members that are with us, you can 
head over. I've just uploaded a whole series of plyometric training in our academy membership. So if you're on our online program or you're a member, make sure to um, check that out. I just uploaded that two weeks ago. Um, so you can um, watch the videos in there. And then number three, this is more from a psychology mindset point of view. Um, we want to make sure that you're having fun and you're enjoying the game. So staying curious and having a growth mindset, I believe, is really important in well, whether you're in rehab or just you know, your body's healthy and you're just wanting to maximize how long you can play for. Um, making sure you connect to why you started the game. Typically, that's because you enjoy it and playing with your mates. So stay connected to that and tap into that energy, um, that play aspect of having fun and enjoying the, the process, but also um, that willingness to learn an open mindset and growth mindset on learning new things and refining your uh, craft is really, really important. If you get stale and you feel like there's um, you're not growing as an athlete, typically that's when... Um, people either stop playing or they start to really burn out. So growth mindset's really, really important, staying curious and, and hungry and constantly asking questions on how you can improve and have a real laser focus on areas that you're trying to get better at. Uh, and from a rehab point of view, I guess I should touch on that too. It's easy to get slumped into feeling like you're, there's a lot that you can't do. Um, and typically that will, if you're early stage rehab, that will be football. Um, so you won't be thinking so much spending your energy on connecting to why you play. We want to focus on things that you can do in that phase uh, and how that's going to help you long-term, big picture, in when you do return to playing football of what you love, um, you're now a better athlete, you're better prepared to, to perform at a, at a higher level. So focusing on the things that you can do and doubling down on those and maximizing your program that way. And that way that builds momentum, builds confidence, and, and you're much more likely to enjoy that process because you're actually getting better at something and focusing on things that you can't. Easier said than done. Tip number four, uh, routine. So making sure, I've talked about this a lot, but um, you're always going to get much better results um, when you're consistent at something. So there's no point um, trying new things all the time and, and then um, not doing it consistently enough to actually reap the benefits of it. You're going to get much better results when you do the um, when you do something for over a long period of time. Um, of, of course, you need to make sure that that one thing is effective and that it is worth the time and energy, of course, which only you can uh, evaluate that and coaches can help you. But if you know that it's a value for you, um, don't just drop it and then fo focus on the next fancy thing that you've heard of. You're much better on keeping those basics in and then just adding layers to it on how you can polish it up. Okay, so an example of that, let's just say you want to improve your recovery from game to game. You want to start with a post-game routine of some form of um, cooling down and relaxation. So that might look like static stretching. And then over time, that may evolve into getting a massage um, while you're still doing your stretching routine. Um, then you might add in a, a layer of mindfulness breathing to help you sleep at, that, at night and relax and switch off um, from the game because we know the mind can stay busy uh, reviewing the game um, when it's just happened. So... Those are some things that you you, you you start with a routine. So I'm going to commit to something that I can stick to for a long period of time, which is the static stretching, which is really easy. There's no friction with that. You can do that anywhere in the club rooms, minimal equipment. And then from there, you start to layer on things, but you don't stop the actual fact that you're doing a post-game routine. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. So you can apply that to anything. Start with just a clear focus, something that has low barrier to start. And then from there, over time, you start to evolve it rather than just starting with the, um, the absolute premium best thing that you can do that's out there. 
Um, and then if you don't see the benefits of it or it's it's really challenging to be able to um, stick to that on a consistent basis, let's just say like, oh, I'm going to go do cryotherapy after every game, actually getting access to that facility is going to be a constraint, um, particularly if you're playing on weekends. So stick with something that's more basic, something you can do consistently over a period of time and then add layers and build it over time. So routine's key. The other aspect with your routine um, for some can be a real stickler with routine and they do it no matter what. Um, we want to make sure that you do you are fluid. So listen to your body, listen to um, what's what where the demands of the game is, where you are in your in-season, pre-season, off-season, what are your focus areas. And there's times where that routine, you might need to tweak it. For example, if you've just done um, a real wet weather, heavy contested game and your current routine to um, recover is static stretching um, that might be useful when you, you've run a lot and it was and it was hot and your muscles feel super tight and you want to uh, lengthen your, your muscles and relax your muscles however it's a contest game uh, and your body's highly inflamed from all the collision based you might find ice bath is more effective um, to be able to reduce that swelling and that inflammation in the body uh, and the bruising so you know have 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 a set focus on i'm going to commit to 20, 30 minutes of recovery after game, no matter what. And then you have your methods where you slightly tweak that routine so it's specific to you. So you've got your routine, but it's fluid to what's most important on the day. Uh, and that way, if you do have a scenario where you don't have access to a certain equipment, you've got other options that you can do and you can still stick to the routine of doing some form of recovery after a game. Rehab, making sure you've got a support team. This is really, really important. It's a roller coaster rehab. Um, so whether you're um, coming back from a short-term injury, let's say three weeks, or a longer-term injury, let's say an ACL, 10 months to a year, you want to make sure you've got a, a, a support team. Typically in the AFL, that's going to be a physio. It's going to be a strength and conditioning coach. At times, it's going to be a sports doc, sports psychologist, sports dietitian, uh, your coaches, uh, your peers, your teammates. Um, so you want to have the medical and physical performance support uh, professional support but also support outside of that as well with your friends and your family but leaning on those on those people will be really important in that circle and uh, making sure you're really clear on who's helping you towards your goal and who's distracting you uh, we want to limit your time with those distraction people that are pulling you away uh, and obviously spend more time with those that are um, pushing you forward and, and supporting you and stretching you along the way uh, to get back to your best hopefully there was some golden tips in there some gems along the way um, feel free to send me some questions on that topic on our Instagram. Uh, you can direct message us by following us on prepare at prepare like a pro and more than happy to go into more detail. But um, we're going to go straight into this week's um, podcast. As I mentioned, for academy members, check out the new exercise library. I've got plyometrics, drilling, strength and powered exercises, as well as warm-up protocols that I like to do for AFL athletes. So you can check that out in the exercise library on the dashboard when you sign into the membership. Everyone on our online program, including if you're doing a 14-day trial, get access to our academy. And if you just want the education piece, you don't want to follow a program, it's only $20 a month. We've got one for footballers and one for strength conditioning coaches and um, business owners that have run a personal training business. So you can check that out. They've obviously got two different streams for the different audience type football bases, all for athletes wanting to get fitter, faster, stronger, where for the coaches it's more how we do our programming, how we manage, how we manage to prepare like a pro from a business point of view. Um, so check that out. I've also got a 30-day trial for our academy as well, so direct message me if you're interested on that trial. This week on the podcast, we've got Dan Zaknich. He's the 
uh, senior physical performance uh, coach at GWS Giants. He spent majority of his time at Fremantle before the GWS Giants, so he's been in the industry for 10 years, uh, and we focused on uh, athletic development for Australian rules football. So that was a great episode. I uh, hosted a live interview two weeks ago. We'll be releasing that on our podcast, Spotify, iTunes, this Wednesday. So make sure to check that out. And if you love the show, give it a rating. Uh, and please also um, share it with a mate that you think will enjoy that episode. It allows us to grow our community and reach more listeners. The live episodes for this week, I have two, both on Wednesday, one at 2.30 p.m., the other one at 4 p.m. So we've got John Mitchell, who will be focused on strength conditioning development. Uh, he's a senior coach. He also works at Australia uh, Strength and Conditioning Association and has for some time now. He was one on the panel for my uh, ASCA Level 3. Wealth of knowledge. Really looking forward to catching up with him and discussing an important topic in terms of strength and conditioning development for the future coaches. So check that out on our um, YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe for all our live chat shows. That's 2.30 p.m. this Wednesday. Ender King, groin and ACL expert. So we're going to be talking about those two topics. That's 4 o'clock this Wednesday. So make sure to check that out. He's a real expert when it comes to injury mitigation and also rehabilitation in groins as well as ACL return to play. So join us and send through your questions for both those guests via any of our socials. And then a bite-sized episode is with Steve Allen, a physiotherapist of the West Coast Eagles. I'd hosted that podcast a year and a half ago releasing 10 minutes of the highlights snippet from that episode if you enjoy it make sure to watch uh, sorry listen to the whole episode interesting poll i recently did what do you think's the most dangerous uh training method for strengthening uh, for afl team-based or not necessarily for afl but field-based team sports uh olympic lifting as a method came uh voted at 22 percent power lifting 16 percent so the difference between those, Olympic lifting is your cleans, your jerks, uh, and snatches, where powerlifting is typically doing heavy deadlifts, heavy bench press, heavy um, squats. CrossFit, which is a modality of training, it's also a sport, so doing CrossFit modality workouts, um, you could use that as a form of cross training, but also uh, as a form of strength training. And that came out as 58%, um, so that's, that came out leading as the most dangerous, risky uh, exercise modality. And then plyometrics, only 4%, which is really interesting because I feel like working in the industry, Olympic lifting and powerlifting, well, typically powerlifting, you're going to see some form of that in every program. And that ranked at 16%, but plyometrics, I feel like, is um, uh, not utilized as much. Um, uh, my assumption would be either because of the risk or maybe the misunderstanding. So perhaps it's more the misunderstanding, the fact that it's such a strong um Voted so, well, the least uh, riskiest modality out of those four. This week's poll on my LinkedIn and Twitter, so feel free to follow follow me on either one to contribute to these findings. I post one poll each week uh, for high-performance strength and conditioning coaches. This week is going to be how often do you typically conduct a performance assessment with your um, training squad? So is it monthly, quarterly, biannually, or uh, other? Where I'd love for you to comment below. Um, perhaps you never test your athletes and training is testing because you use gym aware and other um, technology to be able to monitor your athletes. So, but I'd love to hear in the comments. Uh, always um, gets gets you thinking, these polls. And I think it's really valuable information. So the more people that can contribute, the better. Workout to wrap up this week's show. I always provide a free workout. This one's just a good old-fashioned, hard, solid workout that I love to give uh, the athletes I work with. 
um, more that are in rehab, um, perhaps we're managing their running loads. Uh, I think all athletes deep down like to be challenged. And if you're not playing the game because you're in rehab, um, sometimes um, rehab can be quite slow. Uh, so to be able to get some exertion and really push yourself and challenge yourself more from a mental point of view, I think the specificity of cross-training uh, for running field-based sports is very low. So by having some competition with yourself, uh, I find these can be quite engaging, these type of workouts which it sort of is leaning on the CrossFit modality in that you're competing for your fastest time and you're just doing some slightly different workouts compared to like interval-based cross-training, which I would say 90, 90 to 95% of the prescribed workouts I give for off-legs conditioning is more interval-based conditioning where you're doing you know 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off, for example, on a watt bike at certain watts, percentage of their watts. Um, however, I throw these in every now and then just for a challenge and and to, yeah, like I said, engage the athlete a bit more. And Some absolutely love it and I'll do a little bit more of these type of workouts, maybe one a week, and others it's just not for them and I typically won't program as part of their cross-training. So it's all off who's, depending on who's in front of you. Um, but this one's a tough one, so give it a go. Really important, for, also effective for those trying to just typically drop a bit of body fat and increase their... Uh, metabolic uh, expenditure these type of sessions can be really good if the athletes engage and they're all in because you get typically a high average heart rate with these and then i might start with this type of workout and then do um, some like a standard bike uh, or swim cross training session afterwards interval based Uh, but this one you're doing 100 calories on the airdyne for time but a little bit different of a setup so you start you've got two minutes of work you start on the rower as a 25 cal buy-in. So typically male AFL athletes will get that done in 50 to 55 seconds. Of the two minutes work, they've now got a minute five on the assault bike to get as many calories as they can. And then you have three minutes rest. So the way that would work when you're fresh, you get that 25 cal row done in let's say 50 seconds. You now quickly jump on the bike. That takes five seconds transition. You got a minute five left. And let's say they smack out 40 calories. They're nearly halfway done with the workout. Now they rest for three minutes. Back onto the calorie rower. They do 25 cal row, a little bit more fatigue. This takes 55 seconds. It takes five seconds to get on the assault bike. Now they've got a minute and they get 30 calories. So now we're 70 calories in. Then you get you going back on the, you have your three minutes rest, back on the rower. This time it takes them a minute. Jump on the assault bike. They're really fatigued. They've cooked. It took 10 seconds to get their feet, get the machine going. So they've lost 10 seconds in transition. They've got 50 seconds and they only get 20. So around 90 calories and then bang, you get an extra round. Okay, so it's a bit of an incentive to constantly push yourself to maximize. Go harder the rower so you got most amount of time as you can with your salt bike to do least amount of rounds as possible. Uh, I find AFL athletes particularly do this depending on the assault bike they use. If you use a rogue bike, aim for under five rounds. If you're using the old-fashioned assault bikes, I think you can get this done under three rounds. But give it a go. I'd love to hear how many rounds you got it done in. Uh, and yeah, let me let me know what you think. I always provide a workout at the end, either a strength, a power, a classic conditioning running workout, and I thought I'd throw in a CrossFit uh, style off feet conditioning session. Um, so let me know what you think. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next week on the on our live interviews with Ender King and John Mitchell. Cheers. Hi, I'm Jack McLean, an AFL football strength and conditioning coach, and I want to introduce you to the Prepare Like a Pro Academy. Our academy is a subscription-based platform where you can sign up to be a part of our community. If you get to the end of each episode of the podcast and are hungry for more, this is for you. 
Designed for aspiring AFL athletes and staff, you'll receive heaps of bonus weekly content. Learn who the guests are in advance and submit questions. Access to our Facebook group with Jack and other Prepare Like A Pro coaches. You'll be able to receive merchandise, program discounts and freebies and get free access to our live events, exercise technique database and much more. This is a great way for you to support the podcast and it helps me with production and release of epic content for you guys each week. Your contribution goes a long way in making Prepare Like A Pro community possible and just for $5 a week you'll have access to all of this special content released on our Academy forums. There's no lock-in and you can cancel absolutely any time.